Good to be in the house. Amen. I'm ready. Two of the greatest words you can say is, I'm ready. Amen. You say, ready for what? Anything. Amen. The what don't matter. I'm just ready. Amen. By the grace of God and the power of God that lives within us, amen, we are ready. And no matter what comes, because of Him, we're always ready. Amen. I'm prepared. And to be able to have that confidence, to be able to have that peace of God that passeth all understanding and keeps our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, amen, and to be able to say that by the grace of God and through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm ready. (laughs) And you know, this could be the day. Amen. This could be the day that Jesus comes, amen, and calls the church away to come up hither to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. I'm ready. Hallelujah. Not a thing I need to go back home and get. I'm ready right here, right now. Amen. And there's no greater joy in all of life than that. And we celebrate that today together with Josh and Hadley as they come to be baptized uh, after the service today. They're ready. Amen. They're right, Josh, Hadley. They're ready now. God has saved them, uh, and now they're ready for anything. Amen. Give the Lord some praise. That's a praise God. I can't preach any better than that. Amen. If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to the Gospel of St. Matthew. The Gospel of St. Matthew and the 28th chapter. And I'm going to read into your hearing verses 16 through 20. These are not new verses to any of us, especially those of us that have been inside the church for any time at all. Looking back on my notes and... 32 years of of preaching, 33 years of preaching. I preached on this particular text as much as I have preached on any particular text in all the Word of God. I'm thankful to hear those pages turning. I want you to listen. We're a little excited right now. But I want you to settle in and I want you to listen for just a moment. Especially the church. Every age. Every individual. I want you to listen. Again, I have preached on this text... Many times. Many pastors before me. And many pastors after me. Should the Lord tarry his coming. Will continue to preach upon this text. Because as a church. This is what we're all about. As a church this is who we are. 
And there is absolutely nothing that I can preach. There is absolutely nothing that I can say to the church that is more important than what Jesus spoke and said to those disciples on this particular day. As Jesus was about to ascend back into heaven and take his place back to the right hand of the Father, he leaves his disciples with these final words. Now think about that. These final words of instruction just for them. There is nothing can be said that would have been more significant and more important to them than that which Jesus said. Stand with me as we reverence the reading of God's Word together. Everyone standing in the sanctuary. The Bible says, beginning in verse 16, Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. In other words, this was an appointed meeting. It was a scheduled meeting. Amen? Keep that in mind. To a mountain where Jesus had appointed them, and when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. You know, churches ought to erupt just in the reading of that statement. All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. You ought to underscore that. Amen. Go you therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Lo, I am. You remember when Moses was at the burning bush that would not be consumed, and God told him to take off his shoes for he was standing on holy ground. And God was commissioning him to go back into Egypt and to go back unto Pharaoh. Remember? Big task for Moses who had fled Egypt for his life and now God wants to send him back. Amen? And Moses, after going through his excuse list with the Lord, finally Moses says, Who shall I tell them sent me? And God said, Tell them that the great I am has sent you. 
<laughs> Jesus said to the disciples, I am. Amen. Is with you. I'm not just with you right now. I'm not just with you in the moment. I'm not just with you in the good times. I am with you always. Amen. In the good and the bad. In the victories and the sufferings. In the pain and afflictions. In the mountaintop and the valleys. Jesus said, I am with you. Hallelujah. Always. Even until the end of the world. May the Lord add a rich blessing to the reading of his word. My goodness, we could close up and go home and say it's already good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. I want to lay this out for you, church. In the proper context of which it exists. And I want you to try as best you can. Because I know that the Holy Spirit will bless this to your heart, bless this to your mind, and to your understanding. We are aware of what's took place. We are aware of what has happened. Certainly those disciples were well aware that Jesus, who they had walked with for three and a half years, had been crucified, humiliated, shamed on that old rugged cross. And they knew that he had hung his head and said, it is finished. And laid down his life for all. They didn't take it from him. He laid it down. They knew that he had been took off that old rugged cross and he had been laid in a borrowed tomb. And they knew that that old tomb on that third getting up morning that we celebrate as Easter was empty. The place where Jesus' dead body had been buried and laid, that tomb was empty. And Jesus had appeared unto them and appeared unto above 500 witnesses. And here he is before them, just before he's about to ascend back into heaven and take his rightful place at the right hand of God the Father. Jesus has one last meeting with those disciples. How many of us believe and know that Jesus knows all things? <laughs> Sometimes we act surprised when things come about us, amen? Sometimes we act even confused. How'd that happen? Where'd that come from? Why is this happening to me? Why is it that 
my family has to go through this trial, this trouble, this pain, this suffering. I ask you again, how many of us believe that Jesus knows all things? On this moment when Jesus, listen to me, listen, stay with me. On this moment when Jesus was given this final message to those disciples, Bruce, he looked into the eyes and into the heart and into the soul and into the very lives of those disciples. Knowing what was in store for each one of them. Amen? Knowing what they would go through. Knowing how they would be treated. Knowing how they would be rejected. Knowing how they would have to end up giving their very life for His name's sake. And if you don't understand that, then you miss the importance of this, this whole meeting between Jesus and those disciples whom He loved, whom He cherished. Some of us as parents can relate when we look into the eyes of our children. And we know the pain. that they're going through. We can relate to what is happening here between Jesus and those disciples. He knew the suffering that they were going to endure. And so he opens the meeting. Here we go. Are you ready for this? He opens the meeting to those disciples who he is looking into the very eyes, to the very heart, to the very soul, and to the very lives. And he says the following truth. All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Let that just ring out for a moment. He says to those disciples who are going to endure more than what we would justify in our walk of life and in our minds, they were going to endure and go through what most people shouldn't. It wasn't fair how they were treated. It wasn't right how they were treated. They were abused. They were imprisoned. And they ultimately gave up their life for the cause of Christ. 
But Jesus wanted them to know that every step of the way, through every trial, through every pain, through every suffering, through every injustice, Jesus wanted them to know that He had all power, not only in heaven, but in earth. I've got the power. Hallelujah. You see, Jesus was tying this all together for those disciples who really, maybe they had a sense, because you have to remember they had already fled because they knew they knew to be associated with Jesus. Remember, they were in the upper room trembling, fearful, frightened for their own lives. So they knew what being associated and acquainted with Jesus would bring about. So they had a sense, but they really didn't know. They really didn't know. how much they would be hated, despised, and rejected. Until their ministry began. I look out in this congregation and I, I thought about this morning. I thought about that this morning. And with Hadley being baptized today. And with some of you, some of you have just recently graduated from high school. And I think I might can get a witness from some of them this morning. If you took an honest and sincere stand for Christ in school, it cost you something. You paid a price for that. They were friends that would not associate with you. They were friends that perhaps even made fun of you. Ridiculed you. Some might have gone as far as to make it a point in their life to try to hurt you. Persecute you. You get an idea of what Jesus knew and understood and what Jesus was trying to relay as a message to those disciples. Amen? Some of you look like you're falling out on me, but listen, hate exists. And if we hadn't learned anything in our country today, Amen. Because we are seeing and experiencing day by day the result of hate. And I don't care which side you stand on, hate is hate and hate is wrong. They hated Jesus. And they hated those disciples. And the world still hates anyone 
that stand strong and steadfast in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. They don't want to hear your Bible-believing, Bible-preaching message. If you can't tell me you love me and just move on, then I don't want to hear all the other. Amen. Jesus wanted those disciples to know that He, listen, all power was given to Him, and because all power was given unto Him, hallelujah, they could do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Jesus never said, and Jesus never promised that it would be easy. Now I want to get this to an end and get this to a close as quick as possible. In my notes I have ten, I ain't even flipped the first page. And I got ten more to go. But I want this message Loud and clear. Because Jesus wanted the message loud and clear to those disciples. And Jesus wanted the message loud and clear to you and I. He was bodily in His presence on His way back. And to carry on the mission and to carry on the work were those disciples. And after those disciples would be the church to continue the work of Jesus. Did you get that? Do I need to repeat that? Let me repeat that. Somebody might have been hard of hearing. We are here for the purpose and the mission of carrying on the work of Jesus. Now you can play church if you want to play church. But you're going to answer for that one day. You're going to give an account for that one day. We're not here to play church. We're not here to dress up. We are here for the mission of carrying on in this, our world, the work of Christ. I sat down this morning and I thought about how different our world today is from those disciples. Amen? A lot of difference. A lot of difference between the two worlds. And I'm not going to go start naming all the differences between their world and our world. Because the difference really doesn't matter. Are you with me? All that matters is the mission. And regardless of what the world is or how the world is or, or what stage the world is in, the mission never changes. And the mission is to win our world to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. 
that was his message to those disciples. And that is the message today to the church. I've said repeatedly that there's a lot of things we do here that, that have a value, that, that have an importance. And, and they must be in place. I, 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 don't want to, I don't want to misrepresent that. They must be in place. Our praise, our worship, our fellowship, all those things must be in place. But our purpose, our, our unified purpose as a church is to win our world to Jesus. You see, I'm convinced, and I've said this long time, and I'm, I'm going to close up, but I'm convinced that when I use the term world, I want you to put it on an individual because I believe every individual has their own world. Amen? I have my world. You have your world. There is people that you are associated with that I don't even know. There's people that I'm associated with that you don't even know. And so my responsibility and your responsibility is to win our worlds to Jesus Christ. Now let me ask you how you're doing with that. How are you doing with that? Don't sit there and say, well, I ain't no preacher. Don't you go there. Caught you, didn't I? That's a preacher's job. No, it ain't just his job. Amen. Again, there's people in your world I don't even see. That's your job. To be the light and the witness that would convince them that they need the same Jesus you have. Are so good. I'm going to drop a bomb and just let it hit wherever it hits. You know, I've heard, I've heard, and I've heard unchurched people say to church-going people, why should I go to church? It ain't done you no good. Now that's a tragedy. If, it, if, if Jesus means very little to you, then why do I need Him? If Jesus has made very little difference in your life, why do I need Him? If Jesus hasn't changed you, then what good is He going to be for me? You see, that's the purpose. Josh and Hadley, for the rest of your life, since the day the Lord saved you, that's your purpose. 
Whether you had one or not before you got saved, that's your new purpose. Is to win your world to Christ. I stand in this pulpit by the grace of God. I had a daddy unsaved when the Lord saved me. I had a brother unsaved when the Lord saved me. And I had many in my world that I just simply wasn't sure of. And I knew that it was my responsibility by the grace of God to win them to Jesus Christ before it's eternally too late. See, once they're gone, you lost your chance. Once they're gone, you lost your opportunity. Amen? Today is the day. Today is the day. As we bow our heads and they come get ready for invitation, As every head's bowed in the sanctuary, I want to ask you how many people in your world, how many people in your world needs to know Jesus? And I want to know from this day forward, by the power and the mercy and the grace of God, what you're going to do to win them to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ before you're standing over top of them, looking at them in their casket. And then it's too late. Then it's too late. What changes need to be made? Because you see, I believe the Lord's always got His finger on something in our life that needs to be changed, that needs to be different. But I can tell you a good place to start. Oh, hallelujah. I can tell you a good place to start. And that's on your knees. Praying for them. Praying for them. Altars should always be full of Christians praying for unsaved family members that still need to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. If you give up, hey, if you give up, who's left? Who's left? Altar ought to be full of Christians praying for the salvation of loved ones, friends and family that's in our worlds and in our circles. You're going to be accountable for them. If you name the name of Christ and you profess to be a Christian, you are responsible for them. Amen. 
So maybe just simply on our knees is a good place to start. I'm going to ask Josh and Hadley, if they would, and family that's going to be assisting, if they would come up and go ahead and take their places and prepare for our baptism. I'm going to ask you all to stand with me. Stand with me. As we sing this song of invitation, would you pray for them? Would you start today and say, Preacher, I want to pray for Mama. I want to pray for Daddy. I want to pray for my brother, my sister, my son, my daughter, my grandchildren. I just want to pray for them. Maybe, maybe that's what we need today. Whatever the need might be as we sing.